to God. The Lord's helping us, isn't He? He's helped us so much. And, uh, you know, just, well, I'll tell you what, what Brother Moore's teaching on right now, man, I, it's good stuff, isn't it? It, it? it makes you leave here wanting more and wanting to do better in the things you are doing. And, man, it's good. God's, God knows just what you need, doesn't He? And He's a good, good God. And He's always, always looking to help us. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's one thing. You know, if I could get it in me and get it in you more than anything in my heart is get in you that God loves you. And get the vision of God changed from so much of what this world has made Him to be into what He truly is. Because the, the world and religion has made Him... Uh, he, they've given people such a wrong vision of Him that they can't even receive from Him anymore. Because they don't know if He's mean or nice or He'll bite you or kiss you or hug you or smack you. They don't know. They don't know because they've been fed so many lies that, that they're just confused. And, and He's a good God. He's doing good things. And, and he, he truly is gracious and kind and loving and not legalistic. He's not sitting up there making sure that you do everything. Boy, I tell you what, if you're just trying to walk that line and you miss it one time, oh, well, there you go. I'm not giving it to them. Forget them. They were they were doing so good too. If I could just... He's looking for ways to get us stuff, not ways to keep stuff from us. And and you know, even the word of faith, we've gotten so into my faith's got to be just perfect to get this. No, your faith has to be in God's love to get this. And faith is all important. And faith is what we want to know about. Faith is what we want to have in us. But we want our faith based in His love. We want our faith based in who He truly is, in a true vision of God, not the vision... You know, Jesus messed with people about the vision of God. You know, He came and showed who God really was. Man, the Pharisees didn't like that one bit because they served a mean, nasty God. Right? You don't heal on the Sabbath. You be sick for 38 years and we don't care. Sabbath day, you don't get healed. Jesus said, wrong again. Let me show you how God is. He don't like people being sick. He loves them. He doesn't like people hurting. He wants them well. He doesn't like people bent over and withered hands and not seeing. He don't like that. Amen? He's a good God. And He's got good things. And, and Jesus, you know, they didn't like that about Him. Why? Because He gave a new vision of who God truly is. If you, if you want to know how God is, watch how Jesus was. He didn't go around condemning people. Man, I mean, they brought, some, they brought that lady to Him and she'd been caught in the act of adultery. Don't know where the guy was. Isn't that weird? But brought the lady to Him. And, and man, the Pharisees were just sure. Why? Because they had law. They had it in writing. You have to do this. Wasn't God's will. God's a good God. That's right. God's a good God. So Jesus just said, huh? Tell you what, if you guys don't have sin, you stone her. Guess no one was left there, were they? The only person left there that could have stoned her forgave her. That's who God is. That's who God is. He's looking to forgive you. He's looking to get you on to the next thing. He's looking to bring you up and over. He's not looking to put you down. He's not looking to keep you down. He's going to help you. 
all the time. If we'll trust Him and believe His Word and we'll believe in faith that that's who He is, then you'll receive on that level. But if you don't believe He's good, He really can't get anything to you. Why? Because you don't believe He's good. You know, and people say it. You know, you you go to churches and you hear them say, "God is good all the time," and then they say, and then they open up the Book of Job. <laughs> the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Yes, He does. He gives you good things and He takes away bad things all the time. He'll give you health and take away sickness. He'll give you prosperity and take away debt. He'll give you something all the time and take away the junk that you put in your life for years and just forgive you. And and you don't even have to go to Him later and say, Oh, I'm just a worm, Lord. I, 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 you, you, you don't have to forgive me if, you, if you'll just give me a cup of water. No. He's going to say, Stop that. Stop that. Let me love you. That's why he gets mad. He wants to love you. He doesn't like people who won't let him love them. Is that good? In, was that good English? Okay. He doesn't. That's what made him mad about the children of Israel. We were in Psalms the other day, and it said they limited the Holy One of Israel. He was wroth. I wouldn't like God being wroth either. But why was he wroth? How would you use the word wrath anyway? He was mad. You know why he was mad? Because he couldn't get to them what he wanted to get to them. Not because they messed it up, because he wanted to get it to them. It's like, it's like you got the greatest thing ever for them, and you can't get it to them. That, that could be really irritating, couldn't it? We serve a good God and he, he wants to do good things. And that's the God our faith needs to be in. Amen. Amen? Did I say open your Bibles to anything yet? No. See, I didn't even know this. This is all good stuff though. <clears throat> Mark 11. We're going to talk about faith. Amen? But we want to talk about faith in our God. Right? Faith in our God. You know, people say, I got faith in God. Which God you got faith in? The one that the Pharisees had faith in? <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have faith in the one I know. I want, I, I want to know the one Jesus represented. The one, the one that in, in the book of Hebrew, Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews, I can say it. The one in the book of Hebrews that where it said Jesus was the express image of Him. So that, that's the one I want to know. And that's the one I want to go to. That's the one I want to lean on. That's the one I want to trust in. Amen? That, that's the one we want to know about. Amen? Because if we get our faith in Him, it's unfailing. Because your faith is now in the God of love. And love's unfailing. We know that. It's an impossibility for love to fail. So if we begin to put our love in the God of love, in the God who is love, then, then we have a zero failure, 0% of failure, right? I mean, how many people did Jesus lay hands on that didn't get healed? Why? Because His faith was in the God of love. He didn't walk up to somebody and say, well, we'll try. We got too many triers, right? We don't want to try. If you know who He is and you understand His love for you, 
you, you go from being a trier to a doer. Amen? And the doers, what do they get? They get the promise. They get, they get healed. They get, they get prosperity. They get the doers. Amen? Not the triers. Did I say go Mark 11? Mark 11, of course, Mark 11, 22. Remind herself of some stuff I taught on last night. It's been a while since I taught, hasn't it? Well, I've been in uh, Florida some. And no, not on the beach. Somebody asked me that the other day. I said, I don't really know that I know what the beach looks like down there. But I'm not too concerned about that. I'd like to see a church down there. Amen. Mark 11. Mark 11, verse 22. This is Jesus teaching on faith. You reckon Jesus knew anything about faith? So, you know what? You could go to a lot of other books of the Bible. You couldn't find anything better than this. This is Jesus, the Master, teaching on faith. And He says, have faith. Oh, no, He says have faith in God, doesn't He? You know, we got a lot of people that just want to have faith. But Jesus said, have faith in God. And that's important. And I know that we've talked about it before, but there's, there's more to it. And we've got to get to it. Because we've got to understand that when He said, have faith in God, He was saying, have faith in the being of who He is. Not just that He exists. Not just that He's big. Not just that He has all ability. But that He loves you. That He cares about you. That, that He's there to back your words up. That He's good, that He's kind, that He's gracious. What is He saying? He's saying, have faith in the God I represent. Have faith in the God that through me just healed the blind man. Have faith in God that through me just, just raised up the lady that was bowed over for most of her life. Have faith in that God. Amen? That, that's, he's not just saying, have faith in God. That's not a general statement. He truly wants us to have faith in the God of love, in the God of mercy, in the God of grace, in the God, in His Father, in my Father, in your Father. Amen? He wants us to begin to see Him differently. He doesn't just want to say, have faith in God, and then the end of it. No, because He's saying, if you truly have faith in God, in fact, as he says it, I tell you the truth. That's saying truly. I tell you the truth. If anyone, we got that in the NIV, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. But what's that start with? Have faith in God. Not have faith in your words, have faith in God. Right? Have faith in God that the things that you say will come to pass, that He'll back what you say, that He'll do, that He will be with, that He's, He's there for you, He's there with you. And you don't doubt in your heart, you believe in your heart. Right? That's where your faith is. Right? I know we've talked about this before, but this, I need to remember it, so you guys be with me, okay? You guys maybe not need to remember it. Maybe not need to remember. Yeah. Right? We want to believe with our heart. And we want to not doubt with our heart. Because guess what? You're going to confuse your heart. Right? And your heart now becomes double-minded. You can't doubt and believe. Right? You can doubt in your head and have faith in your heart. But you can't have doubt in your heart and faith in your heart. Amen? You want to have faith in your heart and, and no doubt. And, and your faith is in God. Right? Not faith in your words. Faith in God. 
Right? Yes, you do want to believe that what you say will happen. Why? Because you have faith in God. Right? You know, you got people saying, well, I got authority. Yeah, you got authority if you believe in God. Right? Right? We don't do anything apart from God. Jesus could do nothing apart from God. You reckon we can? No. We, everything we do is in Him and through Him. And, and, and as, as we change our vision of Him, and we change how we, then we'll, we'll actually change how we read the Bible. Amen? You will. Because, you know, you, you read the Old Testament, and it says stuff like, like, uh, I guess I was just reading something the other day. Uh, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Right? Or I call, I call heaven and earth as witness against you this day. Man, you're looking, you're thinking, man, that sounds hard. You read a few verses up from that, and he says, I want you to love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Now read this verse. Because I'm calling heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I'm setting before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Remember, I love you. Choose life. Amen? Amen. I've I've given you life to choose. Amen. Amen? And that's the God I serve. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm going to keep serving. If somebody comes up and says you're wrong, then I'm going to serve him wrong for the rest of my life. No, they better prove it in the scriptures or something. I won't say that. That's not a good statement. But I serve a good God, and I serve a God who loves me, not a God that's looking to keep things from me. He wants us to choose life. Why does he want us to choose life? So that you and your seed may live. Why? Because he wants to love on you. He can't love on you if you don't choose life. Because He's not in the curse. He's in the blessing. God's not in the curse. Had there not been a blessing, there wouldn't be a curse. It would just be called life. Or it would be called death, but it would be your life. Does that make sense? Right? Right? I mean, in other words, if there were no life of God, there would just be what people live every day that don't know God. Right? Which is not great. Not good at all. They got no hope. They don't know what's going to happen. It's, they're living whatever happens. Que sera, sera. Right? The curse. Right? But we're living the blessing. We have, we have the ability to choose life. I mean, the Old Testament wasn't written mean. He's, he wasn't, he's the same God in the New Testament that he was in the Old Testament. There just was no Jesus. There was no access to us. And He wanted access to us. Amen? He wanted access to His people. He wanted access. He wanted uh, His family back. Amen? And He sent Jesus. Right? He sent Jesus so He could, so that we could come boldly before the throne of God. So that we could come to Him. So that we could talk to Him. So that we could hear from Him. Amen? He sent Jesus. Glory to God. I'm way off of wherever I was supposed to be. But we believe in His Word. We believe our faith is in that God. And we, and we don't go off reading things and then become legalistic and say, well, this, this is what it says, this must be how He is. Yeah, if that is what it says, that is how He is. But make sure you read it from God's point of view and not a human point of view. Right? Because God, if you look, I was looking through the Old Testament just the other day. You know how many times He said, love me? 
And, and he, you know, he, he wants us to love him because when we love him, we, we give him ability and access into, his, into our lives. Amen? We allow his love into our lives. And, and that's, what he, that's what he's saying. And, you know, it's like judgment. Judge, you know, it'd be like you doing something wrong, going to court, and getting mad at the judge for judging you guilty because you did something wrong. That's what, that's what it's like when people read the Old Testament and get mad because God judged people. Right? What he was saying is, I've got to show you what you're doing wrong or you can't do right. Right? And so he put a law in place so that wrong could be. I don't know how we're getting off on this. We're, we won't go here. Does that make sense to you guys? The law was put in place to identify sin. Right? Not... Not so you could be judged, so you didn't sin. But it was powerless, and it had no Jesus. So it didn't give up, it didn't give people any ability not to sin, right? right. Just to know what sin was, right? right. Amen. Amen. That's a whole other teaching. We won't go there. Glory to God. Have faith in God. If you believe in your heart and not doubt the God of love then you'll have the things that the God of love desires for you. And, and, th- and that's, that's the thing that we've got to get in our He desires things for us more than we desire them for ourselves. He loves you more than you love yourself. Right? Remember, He gave you the love that you love people with. Right? He, loves, he knows your heart better than you know your heart. He's got, he's got more confidence in what you'll do than you do many times. He's for us, not against us. Amen? That, that's the God we serve. And as we read about faith, that's the God we want to look to. Right? You don't want to look to the God that's been portrayed by the world, the God that might, the God that may, the God that did sometimes, the God that doesn't. You know, what, what do they say? God will do whatever He wants to do whenever He wants to do it. You know, if that's truly what you believe, find out what He wants to do and find out when He wants to do it. Right? Because it's in the book. Right? So if that's truly what you believe, find out so you can have it. Because that's true. He, he, he does what He wants to do to a point as far as we'll let Him. But He wants to do so much more. And if we'll find out about what He wants to do and we'll become close to God, then our faith in Him will be much greater and it'll be a it'll be a richer faith. It'll it'll be a relationship, and not <laughs> someone you just go to when you gotta ask for something, right? Right. It'll be somebody you go to and just talk to, and somebody you go to and just sit with and listen to. Amen. And 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 your faith in Him because you want to be around a person like that. Most people wouldn't want to be around God if it's the God they believe in, right? Because he's mean and nasty, right? And he and he may he may make you sick if you don't if if you don't listen to him just right. He may make you sick, so that you can hear. Because you know sickness will help you hear. No, I thought I heard that somewhere. You know, a good a good a good flu will teach you. How in the world do we come up with this stuff? It's just man's way to try to explain away the goodness of God and, and their own not-so-goodness. 
There you go. I'm on it now. Glory to God. So we want to build our faith in the God of love. Amen? So let's look more at that faith. Amen? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2. We'll look at a few things and uh, allow God to minister to us in this area. Um, so much so, uh, you know, people a lot of times they'll say, well, I go to church here, I believe this or that, I don't have these things in my life. Don't, don't say that. You know, it's like I used to teach on tradition a whole bunch when we were in Bible studies and stuff like that. But I also knew I had tradition in my own life. But it has to be identified. Right? But if, if I say I don't have any, then I'm never going to see it. Right? But I want to see it. When, when things become tradition to me and they become powerless or they, or they make the Word of God powerless in my life, I want to see them. Amen? And, and if I'm seeing God a wrong way, then I want to know it, right? Because I want to see him in the power of his resurrection. Like as Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. What was the power of his resurrection? His love. It's what raised him out of hell. Amen? It was the love of God. It was the love of God. The whole thing was the love of God. That's the power. Amen? Did I say go to 1 Corinthians 2? 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. King James Version. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What was Paul preaching? He was preaching the blood of Jesus. He was preaching Jesus and Jesus crucified. What was he preaching? Healing. Why? Because he got healed when he was crucified. Right? Stripes on his back. He was preaching the gospel. But, but he's saying, I'm preaching to you the goodness of God. I'm preaching to you the love of God. Because that's, that's right there. That's uh, Christ, and, uh, Christ and Him and crucified. Jesus Christ and Him crucified is John 3.16. Yeah. For God so loved the world. Now, I don't, I don't know if he had John 3.16 at that time. But that's what that is. Amen? And he said, I determined to know nothing except that. Amen? And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in, demonst but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You could read that a different way. You know, because a lot of people immediately they think all he had was a healing service. He laid hands on people and they got well. He didn't say that. He said, I spoke in the demonstration of the Spirit and in power. Right? You've got, to read the, you've got to read the verse. It says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but my speech and my preaching was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but that your faith would stand in the power of God. That's what Paul was preaching. Because he didn't want their faith in a man's words. He didn't want a, their faith in what a man had said God was like. In what, what a man had... Even if he's a good man. But he did not want their faith... that He wanted their vision of God to be right because he wanted their faith in that God. Their faith in the power of God. The power of God is the love of God. The power of God is... is is who he is. It's 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 his it's his desire to get to you. It's 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 not just his ability to heal. 
He created the, the planets. You think healing your body was hard? You know, people say, that's a lot of power. No, what it says that was powerful was, was what He exerted in, in Christ Jesus when He raised Him from the dead. That was powerful. Why? He saved the world when He did it. That's power. What I'm going to do to, to, that's what he said that day. He said, here's how I'm going to exert my power. I'm going to show through Christ and I'm going to raise him from the, from the pit of hell through my love. That's power. And that's the God they wanted, he wanted them to see. The one Jesus Christ and him crucified. The love of God. The compassion of God. The, right? The, the one that Jesus portrayed. When Jesus went to a situation and He saw bad things happen, He didn't say, I just don't know how they do that. I can't believe they're doing that. No. He was moved with love, compassion, and He healed. He was moved and He fixed. He was moved and He taught. He was moved. He, he was moved with compassion. He, he represented the God we want to have faith in. That's the God that Paul wanted us to have faith in. He didn't want us, he didn't want any confusion that it was him that they should have faith in or his words that they should have, but in the power of God. Amen. He wanted them to know God personally and to have faith in the God they knew. Amen. And that would be to me the one thing that would make our faith stand. If we knew the God we were believing, not just knew about Him. You know, you talk to a lot of people and say, oh, He can heal anybody. Uh, Oh, yeah, He's healed them. He's done that. He can do this. He can heal you right now. And they know what He can do. But Paul's saying, I want you to know who He is and why He does it. Because your faith in who He is and why will, will take you way more places than just the faith that He can Everybody believes that there's a huge God and they believe He can... You know, the world gets mad when, when disasters happen because they believe it's God's fault. Even the world who doesn't know God believes He can do anything. Right? I mean, what's it say? It says even demons know there's a God and tremble. We want to not know that there's a God. We want to know God and then have faith in the God we know. Because you have faith in the God you know right now. you got to change who the God you know is. Amen? If it's a God that's good, make it bigger. If it's a God that's done bad, if it's a God that's, that's failed you, if it's a God that you've gotten mad at for any reason, get over it. Get over it. You don't got any right to be mad at God. Because He's never withheld one thing from you. He's trying to get things to you. And getting mad puts you crosswise with Him and takes away any ability that He would have to help you. Because you're no longer searching for the answer. You're hoping He'll do something for you because you're mad. Only people do that. And they're wrong when they do. Right? When you do something for somebody to make them happy because they're mad, you've messed them up. Right? It's like giving the baby their toy back because they threw a fit. It shut them up now. What's it going to do when they're 16? <laughs> hey, trust me, I got one. I, I took the toy away sometimes and I gave it back sometimes. I've done both. I've messed up and I've done right. Glory to God, He's been merciful to me. Amen? So we want to, we want to know the God that we have faith in. Amen? So, everybody kind of with me on that?
Kind of with me? Come all the way in. Glory to God. Ephesians 1. We'll just read verse 17. This is, this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, for the people of the churches at Ephesus. And actually, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. Ephesians 1, verse 17. It says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory that He may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. I like that word, intimate. I, I, I want to I know deep and intimate knowledge with God. I want to know what He thinks, when He's thinking it, how He thinks it, because it'll change who you think He is. The world has messed it up. We have messed it up. I know we don't like to hear that. But we have, or we wouldn't need we wouldn't need anything. We'd all be out of here, actually. Amen. We we we've thought wrong things, and we've allowed wrong thoughts in our mind, which has handcuffed the good God who desires good things for us. We've literally handcuffed Him in areas that He wants to explode in our lives, merely because of how we see Him. Right. Now, if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't see him wrong. I didn't say you see him wrong. Maybe you just don't see him enough. Maybe he just ain't big enough. Maybe he just ain't awesome enough. Maybe he's not kind enough. Maybe he's not good enough. Maybe he's not mean enough to you. <laughs> you know, I had a sister and two brothers. And my mom was different. She said, I raised four kids. I raised them all differently to get them, get them to the same place. And she did. You know, her and my older brother, man, they butted heads all the time. All the time. I used to hate going home. They were, they were fighting about something. He wouldn't come home on time. He didn't want to do it their way. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, I watched that and I said, I don't want that. Forget, forget it. I'm just going to be good. I wasn't good, but I was home on time. Now what I was doing before I got home on time, ain't nobody saying. That, that guy's dead. And that's under the blood. But I was home on time or early. All the days of my life. And me and mom never argued. And she was always kind to me. And she always directed me in kindness. Where she didn't, wasn't able to do that with others. You know, I thank God that I had that in my life, that she was able to throw little flames at me. And I mean, she'd just leave them sitting there. And the boy would make you mad, but she'd just say, Did you, did you know this? God loves you so much that He created the earth and the flowers just for you. And then she'd walk away. And she may come talk to you three, three months from now, but she'd let you mold over. Or she'd say, You know what you did last night? Things like that separate people from God. And she'd walk away. Right? I remember I, when I started chewing skull, and I probably told this story before, I was like 13 years old. I don't chew skull anymore, by the way. When I started and I finished chewing skull. <laughs> no, I chewed for a lot of years after that, but I'm not saying I wasn't rebellious. But I, I, she, she found out I was doing it, and she stopped me and she said, she said, you know, chewing skull is not, not the hardest thing that's going to be to you. And I go, really? And she goes, I go, what is it? She said, the separation that you and God will have because of it. 
And she walked away. And she said, that's my concern. And she said, that's what I'll pray about. And then I never heard from her again until one day I stopped chewing skull and she said, you'll be a lot closer to God now. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. But, but she was kind to me and she taught me in kindness at all times. And, 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 but I had an intimate relationship with her. I knew how she was. I knew who she was. I, I knew how much she loved me. I knew how much she cared about me. Right? Maybe not so much with some of the other kids. I don't know that. I, I can't speak for them. But for me, I knew how my mom felt about me. And I knew how much she cared whether I made it or whether I didn't. My success, what I excelled in, she would take whatever time necessary to help me. And I knew she loved me. And I had an intimate relationship spiritually with my mom. Because I knew how much she loved me. That's how we have to have an intimate relationship with God. If you want to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and insight into the mysteries and secrets of God, you've got to have a deep and intimate relationship with Him. Because He's not the mean God of the Old Testament that everybody thinks He was, which He really wasn't. He's the same God in the Old Testament that He is in the New Testament. He's a good God trying to get good things to His people forever. Amen? And, but to have that relationship with Him, to have that deep and intimate relationship, we've got to change the God we see. Hmm? Or increase the God we see. How about that? Right? There's another verse that says that I want you to increase in the knowledge of God. In other words, I already got... How many people in here already got some knowledge that God's good and He loves them? Yeah, everybody in here does. How about if you increase that about a hundredfold or a thousandfold? He could start pouring things into your life so fast that you couldn't receive them. Amen? And, and, and that's the, what He wants to do. I mean, it's, it's apparent that if you watch Jesus, He's a God that just wants to overflow blessings into your life. He's, he's not a little bitty God. He's a big God and He thinks big. Right? Everything He thinks is world vision. He don't, think, he, he don't have fishbowl vision as we will. He likes fat goldfish. <laughs> Glory to God. Deep and intimate knowledge of Him. When I think about deep and intimate knowledge of Him in the Bible, I think of two people specifically. Two people. David. David had the heart of God. It said, said, I, said I like him because he's got the same heart I have. David, man, you, when I used to walk home, go home from work, and work was not fun, and the bill collectors had been calling all day, I got in my floor, I opened up the Psalms, and I read everything David wrote. Because everything David wrote was, your loving kindness will never fail me. Your mercy, your, your mercy will follow me forever. Your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And everything David wrote, I mean, even when David got down on himself and he said, he said, this is going bad and this is going bad and this is going bad. And a few verses down he'd say, shut up, Dave. You're going to praise God. Because I'll put my trust. He even talked to himself. I like that because I talked to myself. He had an intimate relationship with God. That's right. He was moved by God. He was, God moved through him. Things happened in his life. He was a man. He was flesh. He made mistakes. He got forgiven. And he still knew how much God loved him. Even after the mistake, he didn't sit around saying, oh, God probably doesn't love me anymore. Oh, no. No, he writes things like he forgives all your sins. And 
heals all your diseases. I don't know if he actually wrote that one, but, you know, he believed in a good God, an intimate relationship with a good God. Abraham would be the other one. Abraham was called the friend of God. The friend of God. How would you like to be called friend of God? You know, and people don't realize what that is because if you're a true friend, you care about everything about that other person. Yes. Remember when you had your best friend in school? Man, you were over at everybody's, each other's house every day. You knew what they liked to eat. You knew what they liked to drink. You knew what they liked to do. You, you, you didn't wait to see which one was going to wake up in the morning. You were at their doorstep or they were at yours before it ever happened. You were the friend. That word means associate, fond, dear. How would you like to be dear to God? Dear to God. Glory to God. I want to be dear to God. We are dear to God. But you've got to know how dear you are to God. And the more, the more dear you know that you are, not, not a dear, dear. <laughs> then the more he, He'll be doing in you and through you. Because it'll change your faith in Him. Amen? Because you'll see him in a different light. Right? Glory to God. Abraham. Let's look at Abraham. Why was he called a friend of God? Let's start in, in Romans 4. Romans 4. You know, because we know Abraham. We know there's a few verses back there in Genesis where he said, he said, why do I care how much I got? It's all going to, the, to my slave's son anyway. I don't have any children. After God had told him he would have children. Right? So Abraham was a man. Right? But in Romans 4 here, in uh, just start verse 20, it says, he staggered not. Abraham was a stagger not. <laughs> Glory to God. Stagger knots are some of God's favorite people. Stagger knots have faith. He was a stagger knot. Abraham stagger knot. <laughs> Amen? And he, he, he that's, that's the kind of people God likes. Why? Because he believes that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right? He staggered not through the promise of God, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. What? He was in faith. Why? Because faith does, staggers not. Right? He, he thought nothing of it. I mean, if you read the verses before it, it says he was old, his wife was old, they shouldn't be having kids. And he said, hey, God said I'm having kids. Good enough for me. God said it, good enough for me. Why? He's my friend. I've spent intimate time with him. I know who he is. I know what he says. And when he says it, it's going to happen. He staggered not. He wasn't worried about how much more time it took. He, he, was, he was already beyond what he could do anyway. What, what's Brother Jesse said? If you're over your head, you're in too deep already anyway. Right? He was a stagger knot. Those are God's people, stagger knots. Got any stagger knots in here? Yeah, I'm becoming a bigger sta stagger knot than I've ever been. But he was strong in faith. He staggered not. Why? Because he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Why? Strong faith glorifies God. Why? Because it shows that you believe how good he is. If you're going to glorify a father, don't show how he doesn't do things for his kids. Right? If somebody comes up to me and says, man, your kids, 
lacking. I see she walks everywhere, and you have nice cars. I see she's sick all the time. You're perfect, perfect health. I see good things for you. You eat, and she's out on the porch eating with the dogs. You start saying that about me as a father, it's not going to glorify me. He had faith in God. He had faith in God's goodness. He knew the, he knew the kind of father he was. He knew the kind of friend he was. He knew the, who God was. And he staggered not at the promise through unbelief because he knew who he was believing. It's not hard not to stagger when you know who you're believing. You won't stagger if you're believing in the good God that loves you. You stagger when you believe in the God that may help you. Right? That word may is just a, it's like a little fish line and, and you trip on it and you stagger and you fall. It's, get the maze out of there. He, he won't may help you. He will for sure help you. Why? Because He loves you. He's, he's looking to help you. He's looking to get something to you. Always. Never looking to take things or keep things from you. Ever. Except things that you don't want like sickness and disease. He'll, He's already got a plan for you not to have those. Amen? Stagger not in faith, but was strong in faith. Gave glory to God. He was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to do. Not just because he read it, he knew him. <laughs> you guys got quiet on that. He didn't, have, he, he didn't have a book to tell him how good God was and how big he was. He just chose to believe it. We got a book that tells us, and sometimes it might be better if we didn't have the book and we just had to believe it. God told him he was good and that, that through him he was going to bless the world. And Abraham said, I believe you. God liked that. Why? Because he was a stagger knot. Glory to God. That's the kind of faith we want to have, but you got to believe in that God to have that kind of faith. What if, what if somebody would have come along and said, you know, that God you're believing? Let me tell you what He did. Come on. <laughs> we believed Him. Grandma died. We believed Him. Dogs ran off. We believed Him. Houses at foreclosure. We believed Him, and this didn't happen. And all of a sudden, the vision of this good God now changes to, oh, Really? Did you know, don't talk bad about people. You know why? Because if you talk bad about people to one person, even if they did something wrong, you'll change their vision of that person. What if, what if 23 hours and 59 minutes of the day, they did good things, and then one minute of the day, they messed up? And you talked about the one minute, and now their 24 hours is blown. Right? That's what's happened to God. Too many people have spent too much time talking bad about Him. We're going to spend a lot more time talking good about Him. We're going to talk about how much He loves you, how much He wants for you, how faith in Him, you could, by faith in Him, you can have the promise. You, the promise is already there. Amen? You can be healed. You can be whole. You don't have to be messed up anymore. Hey? It's good not to be messed up anymore. I've been messed up and I've been not messed up. Some people would argue. 
Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to do. Why was he fully persuaded? Not just because he, somebody told him that, not just because God said, I'm able to do it, but he chose to believe in the goodness of God. He chose to believe in the power of God. He chose to believe in his friend. Amen? He chose to believe in his friend. James, chapter 2. Still looking at Abraham. James 2, verse 21. Because he believed in this God and in this goodness of God, he acted on his beliefs all the time. Right? If if you believe he's good, you won't be timid. You'll jump right on out. Right? People that believe there's something there to stand on will jump on it. People who don't go the other way. (laughs) Okay. Let me come over here. It might work better. People who believe that there's something there to jump on will step out. People that don't will go away. They won't ever get, they won't step out on faith. Why? Because there's nothing there to step out on. Why? They don't know God. What? Well, they don't trust God. No, they don't know God. If you knew God, you'd trust God. Right? I mean, that, that's what I would say about any of my good friends. If you knew my good friend, you would trust him. I've known Rick for ever. How about that? And if you knew Rick, you would trust Rick. I would trust Rick with anything I have. And if you knew Rick, you would trust Rick. But you got to know Rick. Right? And, and, and to trust him just because I said to ain't going to work. You got to know him. <laughs> That's what people are doing to God. Right? It's what we've done. Yeah. Right? Yes. Tell me to trust him and I will. Just tell me to trust him and I will. I can't do that. You got to know him and you'll trust him without anyone even telling you. You don't even have to be told to. Why? Because you can't be told to trust somebody. It's not possible. You have to trust him. I could say, trust him, okay? You'd say, okay, well, fine with me. You're not trusting Him. You're doing what I said. That's not how we want to do God. We want to truly trust Him. Amen? Abraham trusted God. Therefore, he jumped out. He stepped out. It said in verse 21, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See how faith wrought... See thou... (laughs) Yeah... Can you see? How about that? See how faith wrought with his works. And and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. He didn't believe for him. He didn't believe God so he could get righteousness. He believed God and he got righteousness. You see, we got too many people believing God to get righteousness. right? And God says, believe me. And you'll get all these things. Right? He believed God and was made righteous. It was imputed to him. And he was called the friend of God. Wow, man. If I bet when he reads that today in heaven, he says, See that? <laughs> I was called the friend of God. You yeah, see it? Friend of God. Whoa! I'm about to get excited thinking I might be his friend. Woo! Friend of God, 
Well, let's see what this friend of God was like. Go to Genesis 22. What's up? We're just looking at that, right? Genesis 22. Glory to God. He's helping us more than we know, doesn't He? You know, I start putting these sermons together and I sit there and think, how's this going to come out? God says, wait. <laughs> okay. I was like, yeah, well, I'm getting pretty excited. How's it going to come out? Genesis 22, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said, see, people read that right there. See, God tempts people. James says God doesn't tempt anyone with evil, so this must not have been evil. <laughs> Look at God. God's saying, this is my friend. I trust Him. I'm, I'm going I'm to work this in His life. I'm going to work this in His life. And, and it's going to show me something. And it's going to show me something too. Right? God, God was getting help here. You help God? We help God. We're here to help God. Right? I mean, we're not going to teach Him anything. But we're not talking about it. He taught Him something. He was helping Him. He said unto Abraham... Oh, wait a second. Where are we go? And God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... Here's a good one. Abraham said, Behold, I'm here. Right. Attentive. Yeah. Why? Because he's his friend. Right. He was already at his house. He was on his bike at the front door waiting for him to come out and play. <laughs> he's the friend of God. Right. When you're the friend of God, you're looking to hear from Him all the time. Yeah. Right? He was a friend of God. Yeah. He didn't just talk to Him when He had a problem. Right. You know? He didn't just talk to him until they had Isaac and he said, well, I'm done with God. I, you know, I can go on and have my own life. We got Isaac. No. He was a friend of God. He talked to him all the time. Right? He was ready. When God said, Abraham, he said, here. What are we going to do, God? He said, now, he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. <laughs> God's really making it easier. Take your son. Oh, your only son. Oh, your only son who you love. And get thee to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now we've watched all the cartoons. We've watched all the movies where Abraham anguished. And, oh, no, no, not my son. Oh, no, no, no. No, there's nothing about that in there. You would be reading into that way big to read any of that. It says the next very next verse. So Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and <laughs> okay, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave and clave the wood. What is clave? He put the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place that God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes. Now, don't get me wrong, his mind's playing with him. But he's not going to let his mind win. He, he's a man. But he knows God. And he's a friend of God. He wasn't moved when God said do that. He's a friend of God. He knows God. It's not going to move you when things happen contrary to what God's told you if you already know God. Right? Right? If God told you one thing, that's what you stick with. Abraham never moved off that. He, he never said, but God, you told me that Isaac was the one that would the, the seed the nations would all be blessed through and he was the one. You can't, I can't burn him up. That's not going to work out for us at all. You had big plans and you're messing them all up. God, what's up with that? He didn't say any of that. 
but he remembered all of it. Mm-hmm. On the third day, he lifted up his eyes, saw the place far off. Abraham said to his young men, you guys stay here with the donkeys, and me and the lad are going to go up yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham already planned on both coming back. Right? I know you guys have all heard this story, and a thousand people teach it, and they've said the same thing. Abraham planned on coming back with the boy. Amen? Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand. It must have been tough. Put a fire in his hand. <laughs> okay, that was dumb. And a knife. And they went, both of them, together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Of course he will. Why? Abraham knows God. He's not concerned. He knows God. Why? It's his friend. I trust him. This is going to be okay. Why? Because he knows him. He, if this isn't, you know, everybody says, oh, that's just blind faith. Just, no, it's not blind faith. He's got the Word. He's got God's promises. He's not, he, he knows the love of God. He knows that through Isaac, this love is going to spread through the world. And through Isaac and the seed that comes from him, the world will be saved. Abraham knew all that. And so he wasn't moved. <clears throat> Where'd we go? Oh, and Abraham, uh, and they came to the place which God had told them. And Abraham built the altar, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. He's still not moved. Right? Knife's in there, and, and it's just because you've seen the movies and the little cartoons. He's not saying, oh God, please, please, no, 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 no. He's getting ready to kill him. He's getting ready. He's going to cut him and he's going to burn him. Because God told him to and he knows God and he trusts God. He's not saying, God, you went crazy on this one, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, we <laughs> I have had God tell me stuff that I know is God and I still argued with him for three days <laughs> trying to get him not to make me do it. Why don't I distrust him? Because I gotta be a friend of God. I got to trust in who he says he is. I gotta trust in who he's been to me. I got I remember when we were believing. Actually, I remember when Kim began to believe for Ramsey. We didn't have any kids and we'd been married quite a few years, ten years, nine years before we started believing. And we started believing God. I knew it it'd come to that, you know. It's come to this. We're gonna have to start believing God. Whew. And she read a book one day, and God dropped it in her heart that that was how he was going to do it. And she didn't just see that God was going to do it that way. The God that loved her was going to do it that way. It, it changed. Her countenance changed. The way she was believing, what she was believing, she began to go to a room and decorate it in her mind. You know, she'd go sit in the room and she'd decorate it in her mind. Not to prove that she was in faith. You got people that do that all the time. They want to prove they're in faith, so they start doing things in preparation. 
you can do that if you're in faith, but not to prove you're in faith. And she would sit in that room, and she would decorate it in her mind. Why? Because she had a word from a good God. And now she was believing in the love of God, and he had said, I'm going to do this this way. And she told me, and I said, I like it. And we got in faith, the (laughs) the most faith we had. But it was faith in God's goodness. Uh, You know, it's almost like a gift of faith. It's almost like, you know what, let me help you kids, okay? (laughs) You know, it's like, I just, I love you guys so much. I'm going to give you some extra grace and mercy because this is about what you got to offer, okay? And we, we were in faith. We knew that God was good and this was his desire for us. And we were not going to be talked out of. And, and I think one, we, when it first started happening, we got some news that kind of excited us, and then it went away. But then it wasn't six weeks. We got news, hey, this person's going to have a baby. They want you to be the parents. When we got in faith, when we believed in the good God, the God that loved us, the God that desired for us to have this more than we desired to have it for ourselves. And we believed that he would do it for us. Not just that he could. Not just that he would, but that he wanted to. And it changed the way we saw him at that time. And enabled us to receive on a level we had never received on before. And I'm not saying we didn't know God. We knew him. We knew about him. (laughs) Right? But this time we knew him. And we knew his heart. We could see that it was Him doing the work. He was moving step by step every time you watched, everything you saw, and nothing could talk us out. And I remember the days after that baby was born. There was legal problems, and and we had to rush around with lawyer stuff, and it never moved. And I'm not saying that, like Abraham, that mine didn't try to think about it. Oh, no, if she goes to the state, we'll never get her. Oh, no, because that's what the lawyer's job is, to tell you all that. Right? And, and so we had opportunity to think that. But we knew God said that's ours. Amen. And we just never moved off of it. And 18 years later, we moved her into college. <laughs> Glory to God. But that was, that was, to me, that was our first experience in knowing His heart for us. I'm not saying we didn't know God. We didn't know He loved us, but we didn't know that that love was so engulfing that that love could take over a situation and take something that looked impossible and make it possible. That that love could move in and, and, put, and get under your feet and walk you everywhere you need to go. That that love would follow you over your head so that you didn't get wet while you got there. That love was every turn we turned to. And we believed in that love. And we believed in the God of love and His desire for us. And we received on that level because we believed in that God. Amen? Amen. Abraham, that's the God he knew. That's the, that was his friend, Abraham. And he said, and uh, he, where did where, where, we end there? Oh, lost my pages. Abraham stretched forth his head. He's got the knife in the air. The angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham. He said, here I am. Doesn't sound like he was nervous. He didn't say, thank goodness, here I am. Were you going to wait till I actually put the blade down? 
He was in the same place he was. He was sitting at the front porch on his bike waiting for God to come out. God's his friend. And he was getting ready to take that knife, cut him up, and burn him. People say, well, how can he do that? God's his friend. He trusts him. God's told him what he's going to do. And God changes not. Amen? Amen. And Abraham changed not with God. He said, here I am. And he said, "Lay not the hand, don't lay your hand on the boy. Dave English. Neither, neither do anything unto him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. In other words, you trust me with everything. You're my friend. You trust me with everything. Everything I've ever told you to do, you do. 100% trust. People say, well, but what about this and that? No. God said, I know you, Abraham, and called him friend. Amen? And in verse 17, what did he say? He said, you got verse 17? He said, in blessing, this, this is what happens after after Abraham does everything, he said, In blessing I'll bless thee, multiplying I'll multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sands which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. This was the result of that friendship with God. Amen? And in verse 19, Abraham returned unto his young men. Guess who was with him? Isaac. Isaac. He returned with Isaac. He gave up his Isaac. God will ask you for your Isaac. He came back with his Isaac. Think he'd have come back with him had he not gave him up? Don't think so. He probably never would have went there. Who knows what would have happened. Wouldn't be in here right now because it would have been a big mess up. Wouldn't even be in the Bible. Wouldn't help us. We wouldn't want to read it. All right? It'd be drama for your mama, right? We don't want it. We don't want it. But because of what he did, it's in here. It's in here. Why? And then God said, because you're my friend. This is when God called him his friend. Why did he call him his friend? Look at Hebrews 11. Why did God call him his friend? Hebrews 11. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. doesn't say he didn't offer him. It says he offered him. You know, a lot of people say, well, it didn't happen, so he didn't offer him. He offered him. He completely gave him over to God. He entrusted God with everything he was, and he gave him up. He gave up his Isaac. Amen? He came home with his Isaac, but he gave up his Isaac. Jesus gave up his, or God gave up his Isaac in Jesus, too. Amen? He offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. What's he doing? He's, he's in faith. By faith, he remembered that it was in Isaac that all your seed would be called. That's what he was remembering when he was on the mountain. That's what he was remembering when he the, had the knife. And he said, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead, raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he had received him in a figure. Right? 
He loved God above all things and, and entrusted Him with everything that He asked. Everything that He was, He was a friend of God. He loved God with all His heart, with all His soul, with all His mind, with all His strength. He was a friend of God. And He knew God would never go back on His Word. He knew God. He didn't just know about God. He knew God. He believed God. He was the one that it says. And he believed God, and it was imputed unto him as righteousness. He believed God. God said, through Isaac shall thy seed be called. He kept hold of that. As he was going to the mountain, as he was walking up the mountain, and as he was coming back down the mountain with Isaac, he kept hold of that. Because I know him. I know God. I'm a friend of God. Amen? He's called a friend of God. This is why he's called a friend of God. Because he grabbed hold of his heart and said, this is what he desires, this will come to pass. I, 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 I believe him. Amen? And he went so far as if he would have cut him up, burned him up into ashes, he believed God was going to raise Why? He knew God could. Why? That's my friend. He creates planets. He created everything you see. You don't think he can raise Isaac back up to the ash? He knew it. He's a friend of God. What did he know? He knew how awesome he was. He knew how much he loved him. He knew how much he would not go back on his word. And he knew he was an awesome God. Man, if we know that about God, if we could take just those things and we could say, I know God. He won't forsake me. He'll never leave me. He's always good to me. I'm always on His mind. He's got a good plan for me. He healed my body. He carried my sicknesses. He, 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 the, the price for my peace has been paid. He's a good God. I know Him. I don't care if they say you're going to lose your peace. I'm not losing my peace. He paid for my peace. And I know Him. I know Him and I'll serve Him. I know Him and I'll trust Him with everything that I am and everything that I have. Because He's a good God. And He's a kind God. And He's looking to get me things. He's not looking to keep things from me. And He's an awesome God. If I mess it up, He can fix it. And better yet, He loves me enough that He will fix it. Glory to God. I don't have to live in fear that I won't have enough. I serve God. And He's a good God. And our vision of Him, if we get the same vision that Abraham had, and we see that he, He'll never fail us, he'll, that His love will never quit on us, that He won't forsake His own Word. Right? He's the one that spoke good of us. If He's the one that spoke good of us, who are we to say anything to the contrary? I want to be His friend. I want to have a deep and intimate relationship with God. I want to know what He thinks about everything. Right? Not just about things that concern me, about everything. I want to know how He thinks in a situation when, when everybody says, stone them. And, and he says, forgive him. What was he thinking? Love. He was thinking, the man that just forgave her is about to give his life for her. Amen? I want, to, I want to know what he thinks in every situation. And then I want to think that way. I want to be that way. 
I want to respond that way. But I've got to have faith in that God. I've got to have a vision of that God. I've got to refuse to see anything else. No matter, no matter how many times I say, well, I had faith and it didn't. No, if you said I had faith and it didn't, then you didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me say it in Dave. I had faith and it didn't, then I messed up, not God. God don't fail. God's Word don't fail. I'm using every good English that I can. It's going to get gooder and gooder from here. God's love will never and can never fail. If you stepped out into His love, into faith in His love, then you did not fail and you will not fail. You're walking on a path that doesn't end and the light gets brighter and you will go exactly where that path takes you. And it will be a good place because it's an unfailing love place. That's the God we have faith in. That's the God we believe in. That's the God we believe for our health in. That's the God we believe for our kids in. That's the God we believe for our marriages in. That's the God we believe for our prosperity in. That's the God that gives us our peace. That's the God that gives us our joy. That's the God that gives us life and everything that pertains to it. That's our God. And if it's good, it's from Him. If it's not good, He ain't got nothing to do with it. Amen? And he ain't going to have anything to do with it later. He's kind and he's gracious and he's on our side. Wouldn't you like, later on in life, you've gone on to be with him and somebody writes a book and says, Dave was a friend of God. He knew God like other people didn't know God. And that's what that's saying. He knew and trusted God. God like other people would not. Glory to God. Glory to God. Is that the God we serve? Is that the God that we're going to serve? Is that the God we can have faith in? Because you can have faith in that God. It doesn't matter what religion said at that point. Because you don't believe religion. You now believe God. You believe His Word. You believe what He has for you. And you begin to come up and out and over. That's why it says we're more than conquerors. That's why Paul wrote, nothing can separate from his, from us from His love so that we'd remember that He's our God that loves us. And it doesn't matter. Perils and nakedness and snakes. I don't know what all's in that verse. It's in Romans 8 if you want to look it up. But I know what he said. He said, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Don't say you're more than conquerors and forget how much Christ loved you. Because that's why you're more than a conqueror. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. You want to be a friend? Friend of God. Friend of God. Everybody says, well, I am a friend of God. Well, did He write about you yet? I want to be the one He writes about. I want to be the one that's in the book that says, Dave, friend of God. Right? He's a fog, friend of God. Right? Well, they, the Springfield Zoo used to have, what, Fozzes, friends of the zoo? We're not, no, we don't really. We're going to be friends of God. Intimate and deep relationship with the Father. 
through Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus did. He enabled us to have that relationship with the Father, that relationship that Abraham had that was imputed and was given on credit. We now have complete. Amen? We have the covenant complete. Glory to God. And we can reach up and reach out and reach in and be who God wants us to be because we know who God is. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. You got a song? Sing it.